I want to share some stories about my mom's life, but I have no wish to betray her confidences. During, during her early years, my mom experienced lots of hurts and hurdles that informed the brilliant and empathic psychologist and mommy she grew into. Her own childhood provided great fodder for future therapy and analysis. She often commented that she did not see herself as a, quote, normal little girl. She felt like she was unlike her classmates, in some ways obvious and in others subtle. For instance, she was a lefty. Being left-handed was not to be tolerated at school, and she told us tales of how she was penalized for using her left hand. The teacher forced her to hold the paper at the angle appropriate for a right-handed person, and so she developed a method for writing vertically. She also had an insatiable curiosity about the world around her, and sometimes her exploration got her into trouble. From reading various teachers' comments on report cards, I feel that she was really misunderstood and underappreciated. Several teachers complained of spaciness or wandering attention. I don't believe that she would have qualified for ADD, but who knows? She had a fascination for things that her peers did not. She told us tales of licking paint off a little dollhouse at the back of the classroom, but she didn't say why she was compelled to do this. Her harshest critic was Grandma. Mom was a really cute little girl, yet the fact that she had an active and was somewhat of a tomboy keeping up with her big brother Leland may have challenged Grandma's idea of what a little girl is supposed to be like. I know Mom felt that Leland was Grandma's favorite. Luckily, Mom had Grandpa Stanley's love and support to mitigate her feelings of conflict with her mother. He was not always powerful enough to stand up to Jenny, but his moral support for Mom went a long way towards keeping her sane. I want to be very clear here that my maternal grandmother was no monster. I'm quite sure she parented the best she knew how. I don't know very much about her own youth. She was born in America to Lithuanian parents who'd emigrated prior to the late 1880s. I know little about the Gibbons or the Cohens, other than that they settled in Newark and had to recreate themselves upon arrival on American soil. As previously mentioned, Jenny lost at least one sibling in infancy and was closest to her brothers Fred and George. Other than that, I honestly don't know what molded Jenny into the often rigid, always feisty woman she became. I'm quite certain that it served her to develop this tough exterior, and luckily for me, a generation after her responsibility as a parent, she was able to give me latitude, and we were friends as I grew up. But my mom did not share in this easy reciprocal admiration society. This makes me sad, as I know both women respected and loved each other, but so many invisible phenomena prevented them and prevented that from becoming expressed, as is too often the case between mothers and daughters. When I was about 16, my mom told me a very pitiful story about an attempt to run away from home at the time that she was about seven. Part of this story is not uncommon among children, but some of it is uncommonly cruel. Again, I tell this story not to malign my grandmother, but out of amazement for my mom's resilience and ability to be a loving, accepting mother to the four of us and an incredible grandma and great-grandma to Barry and Michael's kids and Barry's grandkids. So, like lots of little kids, something rankled my mom and she decided to run away. She told her mother of her plan, and her mother packed her suitcase and said, Here you are. My mom took the small case and went to a neighbor's. This neighbor knew and liked my mom. Barbara, she didn't become B. Terry until fifth grade, rang the bell, and when the neighbor opened the door, she said, Are you in need of a little girl? 
This neighbor was childless and invited mom in and offered her cookies. While they were chatting, grandma called and directed the neighbor to send Bobby home. The woman complied and said to mom, After all, I guess I'm not in need of a little girl. Mom returned home and walked up the steps to the screened porch. Grandma, ready and waiting for her, told her that she was expecting another little girl to come and take Bobby's bedroom, so there really wasn't a place for her at home anymore. I don't know how the situation resolved, but obviously it did. It broke my heart. However, my mom internalized this and never reenacted that level of apathy or acrimony with us. And believe me, some of us put her through her paces, myself included. When she was in the fifth grade, Mom grew tired of being one of 11 barbers in her class amid two Jones, so she legally had her name changed to B. Terry. Again, and understandably, Grandma always struggled with calling Mom Terry. I imagine to my mom this felt disrespectful in the least or dismissive. On the other hand, I can understand a parent's feeling of, I gave you a name, and who are you to change it? I know my mom was very proud of her mother's achievements and leadership role with Hadassah, the South Orange community, and she saw her mother as efficient, powerful, and effective. My mom loved her maternal aunts and uncles. They were much more laid back than Jenny, and mom was a favorite of her uncle George and Aunt Goo, Gertrude. They didn't have children, and mom felt like a princess when in their presence. The Beck family, cousins, aunts, and uncles, collectively owned a house on the Jersey Shore in Bradley Beach, and this was a source of pure delight for my mother. According to stories, it sounded like the rules were much more relaxed at the shore, and a revolving cast of characters could be found in random bedrooms or showing up at the breakfast table on any given summer morning. This must be where Mom's lifelong love of the ocean began. She was an incredible swimmer and was never happier than when she was out swimming. Despite the fact that she was a heavy cigarette smoker since the age of 20, she had incredible lung capacity, and I could swear she was part fish. Aside from school report cards revealing the picture of a quiet, under-the-radar kid, I don't know too much more about my mom's prepubescent years. I do know she frequently felt judged and misunderstood by her mom, she idolized her brothers, and she adored her father. But she never felt she had her mom's trust, something she yearned for all of her life, right up until her mother's death. After that, she realized she would never have it. Something I found a bit surprising was Grandma Jenny's willingness to allow Mom to go via public transportation into New York for singing lessons in her adolescent years. Mom would take a train, a subway, and a ferry to get to her voice lessons on her own as young as 12 or 13 years old. She performed as a big band vocalist, performing with a band in local clubs and recording records. She even sang under Leonard Bernstein's directions, direction in a three-penny opera while attending Brandeis in 1952. Mom completed high school and applied to Brandeis, joining their second graduating class. Growing up, our entire family sang together quite a bit. I don't know that I recall my mother's voice as being, quote, trained, but I loved hearing her sing a wide range of folk songs, spirituals, and popular tunes from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. She was a big fan of Pete Seeger, Ola Tunji, and Harry Belafonte. Dad, being in the Harvard Glee Club, was a great harmonizer, and we grew up to so many fabulous songs. A few included popular American folk songs of the day, Little Boxes, If I Had a Hammer. But then as an Emory grad, he provided others that were off-color A.E. Pie ditties that we learned at his behest. I'm Just a Good Old Rebel, Ghost Riders in the Sky, and Limericks. In the days of old when nights were bold and maidens in particular. I'll stop there in case any of the children are listening. Thank you.